You're listening to the Joe Rogan Experience Review. What a bizarre thing we've created. Now with your host, Adam Thorne. This might either be the worst podcast or the best one of all time. One, go. Enjoy the show. All right. After five minutes of technical difficulties, we are here again with the Joe Rogan Experience Review podcast. Again, to everybody, we are not associated with Joe Rogan in any way other than we talk about the show, the show that we all love and listen to. Join today, my sidekick, Pete. How you doing, buddy? Hey, I'm doing pretty good, Adam. You doing right? Mm-hmm. Yep, yep, yep. Doing good. Excellent. We got looking some, healthy, I see. Looking healthy, man. I'm trying to to be a bit healthier come the new year. Now that we're here at a at a fun fun Christmas, you know, as I always do. It's the best time of the year. Does fun Christmas mean half a gallon of whiskey? Benchmark? A day? Well, <laughs> maybe not a day, but <laughs> some days it may have been close. It was a good time. Uh, we, I know, we and put, I had we put some, down quite a bit. We had some pool marathons over Christmas, and uh, um, we needed a lot more practice, but it was good times, and whiskey helped. It certainly does help that. It's so fun. Mm-hmm. Helps to lose when you got a little drunk in you. It, it, you get less mad, I think. Take some wild shots. So we got some, we got some good ones this week. We got John Reeves from the Boneyard, and then uh, Brigham, how do you say his last name? Beulah. Beulah. Oh, like Ferris? Beulah, like Beulah, like an old cow. Oh, okay. There we go. That clears that up. <laughs> All right. I mean, you know, I was talking to somebody recently, as we were discussing before the pod, just about the influence and impact of Rogan. And I think it's easy to dismiss not just his reach now, but like his impact um, with all these like... Um, podcast of philosopher types that people seem to think you know are, are doing so much for humanity and people and all the rest of it but again i would just argue that just take this week with these two people joe brings them on one of them is talking about basically the timeline of the history of this planet and the potential for solving the mystery of the boneyard and therefore rewriting what we know of that 10,000 year ago time. And then on top of it, Brigham is um, doing like cutting edge science. He's highlighting the problems with, you know, what is it, the FDA and the DOJ and how all of the bullshit with insurance. Uh, yeah. When these messages get out there to people, I mean, we're more informed. This is stuff we wouldn't have heard about. They're not talking about it. They make it seem like all these systems work so well and medicine's the way it is because it's, you know, they're bringing us the healthiest things to keep us in good shape. Yet, really, they're just trying to make money and control a lot of things like peptides. Like, they won't allow peptides onto the market. You got to go to Mexico. Letting, letting money rule their decisions. Mm-hmm. That's that's never good when it comes to health. Well, look, there was always a money aspect, and there always will be a money aspect to everything. But when it gets too greedy, 
too many lobbyists, too much of that control, too much of that focus and shareholders and all the rest of it, that's when they start to forget about why people wanted to go into medicine in the first place, which, the, you know, the hope is to help people. Doesn't yeah, and you want, too we much want to like increase that. the number of people going in, in, into medicine for the right ways. Yeah. What was you, that statistic more people have been killed by pharmaceutical companies than Vietnam? <laughs> yeah. I mean... Or opioids specifically, I think. Right. Yeah. And, and then you're going to turn around and trust those same companies to dictate what's healthy for you well you and know the trust you put in there it's ridiculous when they do the list of the biggest killers of like uh people in the united states and i think it's like maybe heart diseases first then something else then something else cancers whatever they always leave off uh medical um uh, uh, like accidents they don't add that in to the um like that list for some reason, mm -hmm. they count it somewhere else, and it's. I don't like that. No, for some reason, it gets away. It's it's like number three always, you know. But I guess they do it under the guise of, "Hey, we were doing our best." Whoops, I slipped. And then they changed nothing. Yeah. Tell us, give us a breakdown of that aspirin story. This was wild. Oh well, from what I can recall, uh, Bayer was that a German company? It sounds I pretty believe. German. They, um, well, they're up to no good for, for one Let in the early good. days. They had a handshake agreement with the Third Reich to get some test subjects from them. So they, they, Third Reich said, hey, here's some here's some uh, people for you to, to uh, experiment on. And was it just women or was it men, women, and children? I think it was women, 150 women. Healthy so and able-bodied and very cooperative is how they They arrived in them. perfect health and... Uh, Unfortunately, none of them made it through our initial trials, and we would like 150 more, please. So there, and that's Bayer, the aspirin company. What your grandmother takes to prevent strokes, baby aspirin, mm -hmm. it's helpful. But they have, they have their roots in some pretty bloody soil, and they got they got some answering to do. Yeah, not good. And what was the next thing? They contaminated a certain drug with they had HIV. A, they had some drugs that they were contaminated with HIV. They knew that they were contaminated with HIV. Um, and then cost-benefit analysis said, you know what, let's just go ahead and send them drugs anyways to Africa, even though they knew that they were contaminated with HIV. And they infected somewhere around 20,000 people. And this is back in the 80s when HIV was no joke, dude. It was a death sentence. You were going to die from that. <sighs> Yet they still exist making a profit. There's people right now driving to work. Well, I guess they're already at work. It's one o'clock, but West Coast, they could be driving yeah. to work. Just do the do do listen to the radio, thinking that they're just working in healthcare or medicine. They might not even know. I doubt like the employees know this story. So Bayer actively tested 300 Jewish women to death. And that's just the tip of it. I'm sure that they got more people after that. Allegedly. Do we have to say Allegedly. that legally? Although well, I think that they're, I think he's backed it up. There, there's, this is documented. They, they're the Germans, if not any, they have a lot of faults, especially back then, but they were very fastidious with their note keeping. Yeah. To they, their end. They probably should have invented the shredder. 
<laughs> that t- that t- Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles reference? Yeah, that guy. We should have okay, invented yeah. him. Just as an office manager. He seems like he would be German. World He'd fit right into the German. Nazi vibe. He would. He would. So anyway, back to peptides. They're banned, mostly. There's a few that are legal. They've already been patented in some way by the pharmaceutical companies. Since you can't patent a naturally occurring thing, they patent like the dosage and the way it's administered. And um, so basically control. And why they've banned the others is because they're waiting for a way to control those. Uh, Even though there's really good evidence that they're very good, you know, for you. And um, it's helping people recover quickly. But again, they're not giving it to people. And, you know, I'm sure that all the politicians, you know, plenty of wealthy people, they all have access to this. So they're not super worried about it. You know, oh, they totally. either get some, some black market peptides or they just go down to Mexico and get fixed. But giving it to us, can't. Not allowed. Can you? Is this something you could whip up in your house? Can you make a peptide in, in your home? I mean, I can't. Let's just do a big batch and we'll eat it with spoons. <laughs> Can get in trouble, dude. Oh, allegedly. Allegedly. I wouldn't trust any peptides that we make. It's like dude. a big crock of it, like a witch. <laughs> it's just a cauldron of bubbling peptides. Okay, well, I'm ignorant. What's a peptide? <clears throat> What's a protein? It's a. Dr- it's not a drug, right? Well, I mean, I, no, I mean, it's naturally occurring, um, you know, so, so I, there's all different types. It, it just really means proteins of sort. Our they're DNA has peptides, right? Well, they're not proteins. They're short string amino acids. They're just like different types of amino acids. The building blocks for proteins. Mm-hmm. And all life. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, and you can okay. use them. You can use them for all kinds of things. Let's see what what the intraweb say. Uh, peptides are smaller versions of proteins. They may provide pro-aging support, anti-inflammatory, or muscle-building properties. Recent research indicates that some types of peptides could have beneficial role in slowing down the aging process, and again, reducing inflama- inflammation and destroying microbes. So. The ones that these guys are talking about in particular are ones that you can kind of inject into injured muscle and joint sites, and they're helping repair, kind of in a similar way that um, stem cells are being used. So it's just another avenue. Like, again, stem cells are organic. Like, they just, they're natural, Right? So, right, so this is part of the problem for the pharmaceutical companies as well. Even though they are learning very quickly that stem cells are excellent at healing, they're not sure how to make money off it yet. So they're just like, well, we'll just hold on for that. We'll just make that illegal until um, we figure out how to profit hundreds of billions like, of dollars. Really grinds my gears. Grinds my gears too, man. It's nasty stuff. It's nasty stuff. This profit thing. And, you know, to think that you can't just be smart enough to figure out how to profit with, like, make a bunch of really good clinics then. If you want to make money, do this waste of wealth thing. Invest in him or, like, open a bunch of clinics that do that. Make money that way. But 
I think they just want like the easiest, like make a factory that stamps out a bunch of pills, put them on the shelf all over the country, have a patent for 25 years, and then just rake it in. And if we can't do it, that, we're not going to do it. The whole thing where they're, everybody imagines the FDA is so healthy by the books, approving, approving processes for drugs, approving drugs, but then we outsource it to the third to the developing world, and you get a a place in India that they've never even washed their hands making all these drugs that we need, and they never get scrutinized. Whereas he mentions his lab was scrutinized three times, right? Yeah, or more. I think. Yeah, well, they're just throwing the hammer down on on this guy and people like this because they're kind of wo working on the fringes of their control, and they don't like that. So, but when it comes to things that they want, they just kind of put it together. However, I mean, look at this. So the two of the heads of the FDA that approve the vaccine now work for Moderna. Like, how is that even legal? Didn't he also say that in the past, like, few decades, only two haven't gone over to work for the private, for the private sector? I think so, yeah. It's very it, it, common. It's, that's more than 90%. That's a lot have just gone right over make it from making the policies to making the money right yeah sign here the policies benefit and you'll work for us and make as much money as you want i mean and well they're also uh prevented what do they call that they are protected legally for a century 70 years something I, like that i think so yeah basically the after Moderna. they all die Get Not out before of there. We get to him. Not, no, no, no. <laughs> Allegedly. <we> get, <laughs> Allegedly. <laughs> get your spears. Allegedly. But Pitch really, forks. though, it's it it just should be like you work for the government in these positions. It's like, right, when you retire, you can't even be a consultant for these other companies. Like that's all it should be all written into it. Like, I don't see why conflict of interest can't be just denoted in the contracts. And you know what? If you don't want to work for the FDA because there is a conflict, I mean, a, you know, like a, a non-disclosure agreement, you know, whatever, um, where you can't move over to these companies afterwards, and then don't do that job. Just go work for Moderna right away. Yeah. But where's the fun in being the mastermind, the puppet master? In that scenario. Well, we should shame those people, I think. I don't think that's unreasonable. Bit of shame. Shame. Do he the tarred feathering, please. That's it. Please. Run him out of town. So Brigham was also saying that he no longer really deals with the insurance companies. Um, you know, they play a lot of games. They can withhold money. They cannot pay. What did he say? He had a pharmacy. He'd been shipping out drugs. It was worth X amount of dollars and and they wouldn't pay million. it yeah they wouldn't pay him until he proved something proved that he had actually collected all the co-pays and basically put his whole company on the brink of bankruptcy and then they move in and try and buy it off him uh just clean it up something wrong there it doesn't seem good so once you once you take their money, you're subject to their rules and ethics. If they if you, if you can even call it ethics, 
and you're you're legally bound to their rules. So just go cash. I mean, it's costs a lot to, for your health, but we pay a lot for everything else. That's a good point. I mean, you know, he gives the example. Him and Joe are talking. He gives the example that treat it like your car. You know, car insurance. This is how the insurance works. It just fixes it when it's broken, when you smash into it. But everything, this maintenance, which is really what we should do for ourselves and our body for health, maintenance, supplements, working out, cold plunge, stay thin, don't eat too much sugar, all the rest of it, that is, it wouldn't be covered with car insurance, right? It's like oil changes, new tires, rotations, all the rest of it. It's like you, you're just paying for that anyway. So we should treat our body the same way. I guess only use the medical insurance for like the big problems. Everything else, just cover yourself. Because you're paying for it anyway. I mean, you can spend, oh, yeah. a family can spend fifteen, twenty thousand dollars $20,000 on healthcare per year anyway. I mean, you're telling me you, can't, you can't pay cash for a bunch of checkups and blood work and all the rest of it with that kind of money? Seems like you can. I don't know. I have to do the math on that. But anyway, he doesn't use them. That's a messy system. I liked his little AI bot that he was talking about. That sounded cool. You know, I he, thought he was talking about a real person for most of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, who's this nerd that you keep bouncing stuff off of? Well, imagine having like access to it on your phone. It's like a little Huberman that you can just ask questions to. It knows your personal medical records. And you're like, hey, what could I do to improve X, Y, and Z? Knowing Huberman, he'd be like cold plunge. Yeah. And don't red drink. light bed. Yeah, red light. I'm getting a I'm getting a red light mask. Are you really? Yep. For my eyesight. I want to improve my eyesight. Does it do that? Yeah, I I've uh from this podcast and all the previous ones we've talked about the uh, red light, it improves the ATP of of your uh, mitochondria and your eyes are kind of born with a limited amount of mitochondrial uh, access to ATP or production. So it's important to pump it up and Ooh. it requires a lot for your little eyes to work. Nice. Nice. My gym actually has the red light thing. Um, I just go use there that naked to be that guy. Just be that weirdo. They're like, it's just an <laughs> eye mask. Put your clothes on, sir. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know it was just an eye mask. Well, but that's another thing he was talking about. He was like, you talk to doctors, your doctors about maybe peptides or red light therapy, and they, they do put it in the category of like woo-woo stuff. But then, you know, the next question is, okay, well, how could I fix this with the medicines that you have? And they'd be like, well, your knees are shot, so that's surgery. And uh, you want to fix your eyes, uh, we will send you to an optometrist. And you're like, oh, I don't you're think fat, that's... So here's a, an injection. Yeah, here's a pill for that. Or not eat less your cake. stomach. Dude, they rarely say eat less cake. I mean, the only time I've heard doctors talk about it, I mean, my wife is currently pregnant. And we're about to have our first baby. So, um, you know, they have gestational diabetes is like a common thing for pregnant women. And that's when they were really push like less sugar. Make sure you have less sugar. Also, you can have like more embryonic fluid closer to the birth or, or like any time during the pregnancy. And, and that's often connected to, um, you know, that you've been eating too much sugar too. So it, it was almost a surprise to me that they're 
mentioning it that much. And I just felt like saying, hey, you should just mention this to all your patients all the time. Eat less sugar. Like, why not? Not just the pregnant ones. Well, my last uh, GP that I went to see was red-faced and waddling around with his big belly. So I I just took his advice, threw it in the trash, <laughs> went to yoga, drank more water. That's that's all they can do. Well, it's just like, prescribed. It's like Dana pills. White was saying. He's like, I'm never going to go back to a regular doctor ever again. It's like he went to so many, and all they did was just get him on more and more pills, and he got sicker yeah. and sicker. You know, not saying he wasn't living a, a unhealthy life, but that doesn't really matter. Their job is to make you healthier, or you like to think so. So instead That's of saying, conception. hey, let's let's take a look at your life and what you're doing. Like, how's your sleeping? How's this? How's your stress? You know, how are you working? How are you eating? How much are you drinking? They were just like, oh, these numbers are high. We'll just give you this pill. That should sort it out. Keep everything the same, what you're doing, though. I'm sure how you got in this terrible state was just an accident. It's not worth it to uh, change your life, to take the pills and not change your life. Yeah. I don't think so. I mean, it would be the same as mental health, right? It's like you can't just mask everything. It's like you've got an anger problem, so what, sedate you? Well, it kind of fixes it, but now you're sedated. In how the short about, term. Yeah, how about trying to figure out why? Why are you so angry? I don't know. What about Micro the story penis. of that hospital CEO that said he doesn't care about uh, the, the better device? that could last much longer and be way safer if it costs more, as long as the cheaper, shittier device will last 90 days, that's all they're responsible for at the hospital. Now, obviously this is anecdotal and it's somewhat hearsay, but I am inclined to believe that that conversation happened and maybe many of those conversations happened. And we've got to ask ourselves, yeah. like, what I'm pretty sure that it happens every day all around the world. Those those cost analysis, those benefits. When the, when the um, what is the cost outweighs the benefits, then it's going to go straight cost. Pretty sure my brother left the industry because of that. Really, as a as the head of a the material acquisition department at a hospital, he he had enough. Yeah, and I don't want to sit there and and make myself seem like you know I'm freaking Mother Teresa. You know, good because she was a bitch. <laughs> oh, look at that! Allegedly, but there's a book about it. But uh, oh, okay. Well, then I gave a bad example. Muhammad Gandhi, then someone who's good, unless you know something okay. I don't. Muhammad Ali. Let's go with Muhammad Ali. All right, great, great guy. Inspiration to us all. But you know, I could just not imagine myself going to work and sitting in meetings and allowing that to be a thing. I mean, maybe it just melts into your system slowly. And you don't realize, you know, you do 20 years in the career and you're like, well, I need this job. I have a family, you know, I'll justify it however I need to. I'm sure they all kind of justify it. But if more people took a stand and said, you know what, I, I'm not doing this. There's other jobs out there. I'm not tolerating this. Well, that's called personal ethics. And, um, you know, our, our perception but I, but I dictates our reality. Of, but I think a lot of people have that. I don't think there's anybody that would have heard this podcast and thought, oh, no, I, I would do that. I would do that for profits. It's like, uh, what? No. Oh, lots of people would do that for profits. Well, there's a lot of shitty people around here. Yeah, that's true. 
All right, let's jump over to John Reeves in the Boneyard. Um, oh, but real quick, bring him, excellent. Get him back on, ways to well. Um, can't wait to see if he gets a bunch of funding or people just inspired to like get involved with that type of thing and, and learn more about that and their health and how they can stay, you know, stem celled up. I want some stem cells. Oh, I'm gonna Me get too, some. and they should be affordable. Mm-hmm. I think, well, and they let's are keep the peptides more, around. They're getting more affordable and access is, you get, we're getting more access to them. So I don't know how they are able to make that work. I assume it's all non-insurance stuff and you pay out of pocket, but at least it, people can get access to it if, if you save up. All right, John Reeves. So he's back on, second time on, like this guy before. Uh, super wealthy gold miner, oil landowner dude. Um, yeah. Doesn't give a fuck. Let's be honest. He's got enough money to not care and now just runs yeah. his little hobbies, digging in the ground and finding a bunch of he loves it. mammoth tusks. I'm surprised he hasn't done like a big auction for a bunch of them just to kind of, um, you know, make some money from more solid, ex you know, excavation. And, and also, who knows, he could use that money for to put his own scientific team together maybe. I think I that know. why why doesn't Randall Carlson Robert Shock go up there right now today? Yeah, they didn't talk about them visiting. I'm surprised I, that Joe hasn't the end, put them together. Joe said he's gonna. Sorry, towards the end, Joe said he was gonna go up there and he's gonna bring Randall with him. Oh, the perfect. That's yeah. that's but but so that's perfect. incredible that there's this anomaly, which is probably more more than anomaly. It's probably the status quo of the geology around the world. It's probably how it. This layer is important. Why aren't they getting in there? Yeah, they don't care. So basically the backstory is, what was it? Somehow the Smithsonian got a hold of a bunch of um, John's bones from that time. I think in the 20s, he, they, uh, his co that company which preceded hit John sold them. New Pardon? Sold them or just gave them to the museum? Uh, well, so the Smithsonian, was it this? It was a some... Uh, researching museum went out to the bone yard. Is that what they're calling it? Yeah. Went out to the bone spot in Alaska, dug them all up incorrectly. They didn't get the stratif the stratification. They didn't get the layer at which it came out of. And you need that to write a story about it geologically. So they even though they messed up, they blended on problems in the field. They took tons and tons of bones gave tons away probably and threw the rest less profitable bones in the east river mm. yeah and people got in and found those yes so the, they the mentioned it there they mentioned it on the, the last podcast up. that they were in there uh john mentioned it and people have since gone out on boats found the bones Joe said, if somebody does find something here, have them on. I think they've reached out to Joe and he's been in contact with them. I don't know if they're going to come on or, but maybe it sounds like an interesting story. And yeah, they dumped them in there. Wild. And, and, and these are the same thing with the last podcast. These are the institutions that we trust and we think make the right ideas, make the right decisions. And they are human and evil as just the natural population. 
Well, it just sounds like corrupt and lazy to me, right? Just corrupt and lazy. Throwing away all that evidence, all that wonderful history of the of our world, just throw it away. Yeah. I don't know. Auction it off then. Make some money. Open a new wing. It it just is ridiculous. And now, for whatever reason, they won't go back out there. They won't explore it. They won't go out there. He's built a million-dollar scientific building area, and they won't use it to run samples and age things. And I mean, these are the people that we're trusting to give us the history of what's going on, and we're supposed to outsource that to them without thinking. That's the idea of these institutions. It's like, well, the FDA will take care of it, so listen to them. And the university history departments have done their research, so just listen to them. That's how history goes. And I'm like, well, yeah, they are better at this than me. I'll give them that. But mm -hmm. they're clearly not without some flaws. Infallibilities there. Yeah, messy ones. Arrogance. It's the same kind of arrogance that... Graham Hancock has come up to his whole career. Right. It's that bigot. It's the bigoted. You're a pseudoscientist, even though he claims to just be a storyteller. Something aberrational in the data set, they throw it out. They need that's got to stop. Yeah. You didn't. You didn't learn. You don't have the PhD. You didn't learn this the way that we've always taught it. You thought outside of the box and are doing your own research, and we want, and it goes against what we know, so we don't like it. You're wrong. It's disgusting. Let's just let's just you and I. Let's just shake hands and say if we get some new data that upsets our previously held notions, that we'll consider it. I'm going to consider. Okay. It. I thought you let's for a minute. I thought you for a minute were going to say let's go out like Indiana Joneses and let's go find all of our own history. All right, I'm going to say that again. Let's just me and you go out, <laughs> collect some bones. Figure them out. Chew on them. See how old they are. Belongs in a museum. <laughs> Belongs. Great movie. I just watched Indiana Jones 1 the other day. Holds up. So good. I yeah. get inspired every time. I want to go out and like look for treasure. Just I, I want to whip something. That's That's good, too. <laughs> it just seems like such a silly thing for him to carry around. Like, when did he go, this is so useful, I've got to have it. Gee whiz, this whip is just the bee's knees. <clears throat> and you, you can't swing from a tree like that with one of those, surely. You need a grappling does, hook on the end. It doesn't. It won't let go. I mean, it's, it's he, not magic. Yeah, he just whips it off, and then off he goes. Brilliant. Oh. Maybe I want to see done. somebody who could do that shit. Yeah. Some practice. So, yeah, these museums, I don't know. I feel like they should work with them. It, you know, at the end of the day, they still get to come up with their own answer. So why not get out there and search for it? Like, go see what's going on. What was the deal with that 200-year-old bone that he found? That kind of throws a, a wrench in the hypothesis, right? What? I don't get it either. No, because it, was, it, it wasn't me, it at that... the same level as these yeah. other bones. Ice Age level. Yeah. The hunger driest period. But it's not that old. Did it, I mean, was like the the ground couldn't have got all mixed up, could it? Could it have got like real swampy at some time? And Maybe it got swampy, maybe it got mixed up. Maybe it's bad data. Mm -hmm. it, could be, it could be a bad radiocarbon. But I, 
I don't that that was throw me through a loop too. I was I kept trying to understand that part. Maybe is it two hundred years old? That's what he was saying. The bone is two hundred years old, it, and it but was found in an ice age levels, right? Maybe someone from Big Bone went over there, chucked it in, just to just to throw everyone off. Could be Big Bone. You got to watch out for that. Those that guys. one. Is, that one is one of those that we're gonna have to wait to see what happens with that. Hmm. Well, this is why we need those scientists in there. It was cool he talked about it, though. He didn't need to, and that was one thing that he mentioned. He was like, this is one thing that academia won't do. If they find an outlier, they just throw it out. They're like, oh, yeah. that couldn't have been there. That stone, that couldn't be that old. We just ignore it because the rest of the stones so the, seem younger. What, so what part of that bone is 200 years old? Is it the – because it was like a um, – was it a step bison femur bone? I think so. So if it's like the end of a step bison, those things went extinct with the impact events 12,000 years ago. Oh, well, maybe it wasn't that then. Maybe it was just the more recent creature. Well, they took a well, huge chunk out of it and had it carbon dated. Carbon yeah, dating so is fairly accurate. It, it doesn't matter what kind of creature it was, but if it was found in that Ice Age level, then that's the issue. Right, that's the issue. And it was clearly like sawed off on one end which mm -hmm. is something they're not finding with like the, all the bones they're not seeing that they're all sawed like that I don't know that one's interesting that's still a mystery for me as well yeah Do, they, he has found uh, spear tips in mammoth bones so people were chucking spears at him um, he does say though that like I just can't imagine how they were able to kill mammoths but you know they would have been good hunters right i mean i can't imagine how they'd kill every mammoth but i could see them kill because there was tons of mammoths back in the day they were loads they could have killed and there was few. not that many people well maybe they just like throw spears at them to like scare them off a cliff or something yeah that's i don't i don't uh that's the berserker theory that we we killed these things we made them go extinct um, we're good at ex extinction now, but I don't think that we had the same mecha mechanized way of death for animals that we had back then. So, yeah, it's like how many mammoths could a tribe eat? You get one, you're pretty good for for a while. If you get one He's, in the winter, you've got food all winter, surely. You do. You just definitely try and chop it up as quick as you can, lay it out in freeze the snow. It. It's gonna freeze. There you go. So, yeah, he did mention 2,500 pounds of uh, mammoth meat would go bad pretty quickly. He's got a, he's forming his own kind of opinions about about the people of the past, and that's fine. Yeah. That's okay. Yeah, you're allowed your own theories. But it doesn't sound like he's, he's stuck to them, you know? He's pretty annoyed with the way that the institutions are working and how they're ignoring things. But he's also open to them coming in. Like, he built the scientific um, little center building that he has. I mean, he's open to them coming in and doing some research, figuring it out, seeing what's going on. Um, and I'm sure if they came up with some reasonable answers that weren't super dismissive, um, he'd, he'd be open to exploring it and believing it. He just wants to be a part of this. This is history. Yeah. It's important. Should I think so cherish that site i'd love to see it open-mindedness um, come on let's think about stuff let's get to the bottom of stuff let's get to it the bottom of it 
What about the making all that stuff out of um, mammoth bones? Do you think there's any ethical concerns about that? Well, well I'll not, tell you the bones it's that not they like, didn't... It's not like ivory, right? It's like they actively were killing elephants just for their tusks. Yeah. That's a bad move. These things are already extinct, and we do... Exactly. We are finding a lot of these bones, but, you know, I don't know. It's just a question I was thinking. I think that you're onto something with the thinking about the ethics of it. No, no actual mammoths were harmed in the creation of this shitty pistol grip, you know, kind of disclaimer. Hey, hey that was pretty dope. Those are some cool gifts. <laughs> yeah, they were pretty cool. But they're, but they're trinkets. You know, I, I see more value in the bone, but they are just shards of, he's saying that they're not going to take a whole one and chop it up. They're, he's got like pieces and stuff that they're making into these things. And that's a good point as well. I mean, it wouldn't make sense to, the, you know, he said on the last one that a nice pair of mammoth tusks could auction for like 400 grand. So of course you're not going to chop them up into anything, are you? That would be ridiculous. No. Um, and if it's just shards, then I don't think that's a big deal. As long as there's lots of shards, you just got to make sure you don't use them all so that there's no research that can be done for future generations. It sounds like there's nearly unlimited amounts of bones in this this uh, 2.5 acres he has. Yeah, again, that, incredible. that just blows my mind. Why there? There's like no good answer to that. Well, maybe it has something to do with the constantly frozen nature of this landscape versus... And bones will dissolve. You bury a person in England, they're gone. Just in the dirt, they will. there's nothing, not even the teeth. So if you bury somebody in the ground, they're going to dissolve totally. So all across the world, the people have been buried, animals, including these mastodons and huge uh, animals, have completely dissolved. The reason they're there is because they've been frozen. Right. Yeah. So there we go. And there's some wild creatures up there. Things they didn't even know were up there. It was giant bears, lions. North American lions, cave che cave lions, mm -hmm. cheetahs, armadillos. Sweet. Giant beaver. Ooh. That's, what I'm talking, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Imagine those dams. The teeth on that. <laughs> Take down a redwood. That's how they, yeah. Could. Could do it. Yeah, the, I, bon the bones they weren't throwing in the East River that that institution were the cool ones. They were they were giving those away. Yeah, or auctioning them off or keeping them for themselves. No doubt, I'm sure they took the really good ones. And you know, if your job was to throw them all in the East River, you might you're, you're keeping a few. You're sticking. Them he in he your mentioned sexual. the people that were doing that were the sons. One of them was a son of one of the worst people in the United States history. Employers. So there's no ethics there. They were, this is a time, a period of time where Indians were seen as lesser than human. This is pre, this is a, eugenics was big. Right. Ethics was on the back burner to value of white man value, basically. Right. Yeah. So no doubt they did all that stuff. And now I guess they're just in denial mode because they don't want to, you know, kind of tarnish the reputation of their own institution again these institutions man I'm not saying burn them down but let's let's at least open up all the books yeah let's clean them out 
Let's get some new people in and be like, hey, we made some mistakes. Not going to do that again. And maybe if your company is called Bayer, change the name. Just take us, uh, just dissolve the company, release the patents, and just apologize. Just say you're sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry I killed all those people. Well, I love that he's coming back at the end of next year and maybe every year for updates. I think he's That's awesome. He's an awesome dude. His Instagram's blown up. It's like 10 times bigger than it was when he first went on. Um, you know, and that just opens up interest. The more people that are interested, the more people that hear about this, um, Rogan's reach, it's going to make some changes and we're going to learn something useful. And that's important. And if the quote unquote institutions, either academia or the museums or the research groups or whatever, can't get it together to go figure that out and accept it and do that research, then we got to push it ahead another way. And I think that's what these conversations are all about and why they're so, so important. So I think that's dope. It's a huge form for disseminating these important ideas. I love that. Thanks, pa thanks, Papa Joe. Yeah, well done. Once again, nailing it. All right. Well, that was a great week. I enjoyed it. I was excited about both those episodes. I learned a lot. I'm going to have to go back to um, Brigham's and, uh, and take a look some more of what he was talking about and just get myself kind of up to speed a little bit on on the peptides and what stem cells are available i mean right now i don't feel i need them i'm not in that place where i have certain chronic injuries or whatever but i have friends my age plenty of them that do and mm -hmm. they don't know anything about this good friend of mine just injured himself in a jujitsu tournament um he actually won nationals for blue belt shout out to ash well done and got very injured, and the only option they gave him was surgery. Now, he went and didn't do the surgery and has just slowly been rehabbing. But when I talked to him about the idea of, have you looked into peptides or stem cells? Not that I really had. He had no idea. Nobody suggested it to him. He went to a few doctors. He doesn't know anything about it. It's like, it's just off people's radar. And we need, a, we need to get it on the radar. And it's incredible because he's a health guy. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, there you go. All right. Well, thanks, everyone, for listening. We appreciate it, as always. Pete, what a pleasure. And stay tuned for next week's episode. Later. See ya.